Hello. Hello. <laughs> hey. Hi. What's up? Where are you at right now? Hi, all. <laughs> it is Shannon and I, Andre, coming to you live from Shannon's bedroom. <laughs> yeah, it's not actually live though. That's a lie. Yeah, um, definitely not. Posted, it could never be yeah, live. <laughs> no. But I can touch him. It's COVID friendly. I've been vaccinated fully. Same here. Um. um yeah. So this is what's happening. <laughs> we are together for the first time recording. Like, we, dude, we have brought you back from the dead just to record right now. Um, I don't think I ever died, but I, well, I do understand where you're coming from. Um, I think the wish was there. No. Uh, we're not going to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> but yes, um, we are true. together in the same room. I am shook. Um, and I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here as well, especially that I got to see you after many years. I know, literally. He looks great, by the way. Like Obviously. he just turned like 41. This, uh, yeah, I know. Last this, week. Yeah. His skin is flawless. It's Dude, incredible. It's the Botox. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very much excited to be here um, together with Shannon, recording together for the first time after like we did a whole podcast not having seen each other. Can you believe that? That's pretty crazy. That's whack. Yeah, we never saw each other. We never did any type of video. I know. Doing. I know. I mean, we did. We have full video episodes, but we're never going to release them. That's only for our Patreons on patreon.com slash talkscary. <laughs> Um, also, it is weird because, like, I feel like we're talking to each other while simultaneously talking to a computer screen. Yes. So, like, it's really <laughs> weird. It's like we have this dead emotional detachment in yes, our eyes. Yes, yes. But a lot of excitement in the heart. Very, so. very much excited, although we are definitely engaging in pageantry in person, which is the oddest thing I have ever done <laughs> because you both, you both want to be with your friend and enjoy your time, but also perform for an audience. <laughs> and I just, I understand what a psychopath feels like. Now, this the, is the psychological trauma. <laughs> yeah, right it's right real. Now. Very intense. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, Andre drove really far away. It's pretty tired. I'm just tired because I'm old. Yeah. As you all know, I'm turning 65. I know, soon. but you look good too for your age. Thank you. Yeah, I do get get fit while you sit, um, <laughs> if anyone remembers that. Um, Dude, I literally, like, was at a senior center once, and that was an actual class that was um, offered, so the fact that you know that. Right. Well, I do bingo every Sunday. <laughs> um, COVID-friendly, of course. Um, it's all right. Yeah, so that's the tea. Um, what's happening... What's 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 on your heart today, Andre? I'll tell you what's on my heart today. Um, Britney Spears is on my heart today oh, and course. every day. Yes. yes, I need to. I don't know if you know any uh, updates on this, but I need to update you. So, um, the biggest thing recently is that her dad, Jamie, uh, became very sick recently, and he actually had to, or yeah, he filed for the court to have himself removed from the conservatorship as the conservator of britney's um person but not her estate huh. which means he still handles the money apparently not too sick to still handle her money yeah. uh, but yes her person which means that now someone else uh i'm not sure who it is but it's obviously still approved by jamie but i wonder if Brittany likes this person better but someone else is now in charge of like her oh uh you can drive uh, at this time but not at this time or mm -hmm. uh, you can post this on social media or you know like basically everything else about her life which is oh, whack that is so weird <sighs> super whack and um, another big thing is that like the big conspiracy theory around the Britney, the free Britney movement right now is that her social media posts are actually being made by another person and mm -hmm. not even made by her right so like we already knew that basically anything she posts has to be pre-approved by the conservatorship but we 
didn't think that it was literally just like a social media manager posting whatever they wanted for Britney and actually Britney can post for herself. And this isn't confirmed, but people think that that is the case actually. And I have to agree. Um, I was talking about this with someone a couple days ago. It's the fact that when the, I don't know if you know about the Hulu documentary that came out. I watched that, yes. Right, so the New York Times Presents um, series did a documentary, one of their episodes on the Free Britney movement. And it's very, it was very informative. I liked it. I thought it was really well made. And um, Britney Spears posted on Instagram. Uh, I just heard about the Hulu documentary coming out, or I heard about it two weeks ago, and I haven't seen it, but I have been crying ever since it came out because it talks about my life, and all I want to do is be happy and be in peace. And <laughs> this is when the whole, like, Britney is not in charge of her Instagram theory blew up mm-hmm. because there's no fucking way she wrote that. Yeah. Um, first off, why? Like, the documentary yeah. was completely in favor of her and the movement. Mm-hmm. And she has actually expressed through um, a statement that her attorney made not long ago. Samuel Ingham III is, his attorney, is her attorney. Uh, she expressed support for the Free Britney movement and thanked her fans. So why would she be like, this Hulu doc made me cry for two weeks? <laughs> she didn't write that, and it's fucking spooky. Yeah. Well, also, like, you can't say, I didn't see it yet, but it made me cry for right. two weeks because it portrayed me poorly. But the reason they have to say that is because if Britney's ever asked about this, like, she, she you know, and she hasn't seen it. Yeah. You know, the, the the poster of that post can say, oh, yeah, I'm Britney and I saw it if Britney hasn't actually seen it. Right. Um, insane. I just can't imagine being a fully grown-ass woman in charge of literally nothing in your life and not even your finances. You're basically, like, a slave that, like, sings and dances and that's it. That's your life. <laughs> a slave for you? <laughs> oh, damn. You went there. Um, you went there. I don't think she can either. Like, I wonder if she just disassociates from her current state right. of life. That can't be like healthy. Yeah, like at all. Like, I think, I think, and I think that's partly why we see her like <laughs> dancing, like she's in the Hunger Games on her Instagram. <laughs> like, she's dancing like that's the last time she's gonna dance in her life. And there's someone like with a gun, but like right, right outside honestly. of the frame. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And I think it's because she's just trying to keep her sanity and literally do anything to distract herself from the fact that her dad has her in a Rapunzel situation. Mm -hmm. Like, that is fucking insane. It's crazy. We need to free Britney. Dude, in 2021, we have fucking Rapunzel. Like, I can't believe this. But anyway, so those are the big updates. Um, Britney might just be more uh, imprisoned and less in charge of her life even than we previously thought. So that's the tea. Free Britney. Free Britney. 2021 <sighs> needs to happen. Anything you want to share that's on your heart, Shannon? Um, what is on my heart? Um, shoot, you know, nothing really. I live a your, pretty boring life. Your boyfriend is on your heart. Oh, yes, he is. Um, but I don't think the <laughs> listeners want to hear about that. Um, the listeners hear all the tea, sometimes even too much tea, about Sonny's boyfriend. So you at least have to tell them that you have one and that he's nice. He's so nice. Yes. He's very cute, very kind. Um, he told me this morning that on his commute to work, he was going to listen to Scary Talk. And I was like, oh... Oh, really? don't do that. Yeah. I'm like, you don't need to hear me from two years ago. You get it right now. Like, what are you... But had, had, had you told him about the podcast before? Yeah, I had. Yeah. He didn't know about it for a long time. But he hadn't listened to it. No, he hasn't I, I, to I it. didn't give him the title. I didn't want him to learn about me <laughs> without 
talking to me in person. Oh like, my god! You know, like why? He never. He's never seen this pillow in your house. Never asked about it. No, I hid it. <laughs> oh my god, Shannon! <laughs> Are you ashamed of the monster we've created? I'm not ashamed. I think it's a beautiful little think, monster. You know, it, there, it's. I talk about a lot of personal stuff on here. It's like kind of like having a. Um, diary that's broadcast to thousands of people but since i don't actually have to talk to them it's like whatever that's fine um to be fair i don't i didn't tell my mom or dad that i had this for like forever and i think now that we're ending at 100 i think only recently i was like oh yeah i have have a podcast they were like what's that i was like oh, like an internet radio show um and i make jokes and, and 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 fart jokes and skinny jokes and talk about aliens and they were like oh cool great you're a success <laughs> oh my god i mean kind of yeah kind yeah. of iconic mm -hmm. i mean how many how many views or listens i guess you would call it i mean right like we're a small podcast y'all hi hi everyone but i mean how do i say this without sounding cocky a lot of podcasts like wish they, a lot of small podcasts would like to have the listeners that we have it's not, and it's not only about the place which right now we're getting 1500 to 2000 plays per episode but it's also about it's more to me about the engagement because like you can have mm. a lot of like i think twitch streamers call them um uh oh I, I forget the word creepers no that's not right <laughs> but just like you could have a lot of people who listen and don't interact at all yeah. but we get a fair amount of people who like will actually comment on our stuff send us messages topic ideas uh, or even just like personal messages slash emails. I'll tell you about this off, off, uh, not off camera, <laughs> off mic. I'll tell you about this later. But we got a very interesting email recently. Um, but uh, to me, that's really the the biggest thing. I don't know that every podcast gets a lot of engagement, and to me, that's what's most important. Yeah. So I'd say, in that sense, we're a success. Like we actually have people talk to us because they think, like they feel like they can talk to us, and they, like they know us. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I, I've been listening to um, a podcast called Don't Keep Your Day Job with Kathy Heller. You know, just like self-improvement stuff. And I think something that she talks about a lot is like if you're trying to do a, um entrepreneurial thing, online, social media, all that stuff. It's not about the number of followers you have. It's about the depth of your connection with them. Yeah. You know, it's like, are you actually communicating with them on a personal level that they feel like they aren't just one in a crowd yes because that really makes the biggest difference it's because we're not for everyone right, and like that's right. the reality like no not every single person you walk up to is going to be like you talk about the mothman and sucking his dick <laughs> like yeah sign me up i am ready for like a hundred plus episodes of this but there are people who have been listening to it since the beginning right right and just love andre i do still want you to know he's a cyborg <laughs> he's never going to die <laughs> So if you ever need him to continue making podcasts, just let him know. Dude, enough, enough, like, enough people, like, push me and I'll keep doing it. Right? I'll be like, <laughs> okay, fine. But yes, I completely agree with what you said. Like, it's, when it comes to anything where you have an audience, it's always quality over quantity. Because, right. um, I mean, <laughs> like, this is funny, but like, when it comes time, for example, we don't really do this, not really. Like, we have merch, but not really. If it ever comes time for, like, a person to shill something, you obviously want to have, like, an audience that's more connected to you because then they'll like your product mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever, and whatever merch you're trying to attach to it. Um, our merch still exists, by the way, y'all, but, like, I couldn't care less. <laughs> it is cool looking now. Um, but, yeah, like, like the reason... Um, you know, now Sunny and I continue to do this is because, like, we actually have fun doing it. And mm -hmm. that never went away. Um, 
Like, we're ending at 100 for a number of reasons. One of them being like, you know what? Ending this fucking thing on a high. Because like, I feel like we're still on a high. But that doesn't mean we no longer have fun with it. We still have fun with it. And that's why we're still here. We wouldn't otherwise. Because like, we don't get paid to do this. Mm -hmm. So that's the real tea. <laughs> yeah yeah i think we made 18 dollars one time dude that fucking was, bang and we split that so i got nine dollars <laughs> and he got nine dollars um so you can't say it was all for nothing <laughs> yeah I, I i mean you you're not lying yeah um anyway so do you want to talk about what we're going to talk about yeah today? dude today we are talking about um a case that i actually brought to Shanna. You know you knew mm -hmm. about it, but I brought it up because I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. Uh, it's the Menendez brothers case, mm -hmm. Lyle and Eric Menendez, because I didn't actually know anything about it. And then I watched um, this Hulu documentary and also this YouTuber that I love. Her name is Kendall Ray. She covered the case and I was like, holy fuck, like this case is insane. Um, the the ins and outs of it are insane and also the sentencing to me is really crazy and i think that's probably where we're going to focus on it most um so that's what we're talking about today yeah no i i also think it's worth saying you know like that you didn't really know about it because they were convicted in 96 yeah um and so it's not like it's a new thing um, right and but... i was born in 2003 so right right <laughs> You're just lying. I, I, I just told them you're but you, 41. But you believed it for a second right there. Yeah. I did. I, I had to do the math really quickly. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, and I, I mean, we're going to kind of talk about it a little bit, but it's it's TikTok that really brought it back. I yes, believe, you yes. Know? So I was actually just telling you off air that that there, I think, look, it's, it's, a, it's a domino effect, right? The reason Kendall Ray did a video, because YouTubers have to do stuff that's trendy, did a video on this case is because a lot of people recommended it to her, and those people probably saw it on TikTok, mm -hmm. and it's because the case recently arose to prominence again through TikTok because a bunch of TikTokers are making videos about it because they think Eric Menendez is hot, and, <laughs> or, or was hot when he was convicted. He was like, whatever, 19 to 20 at the time. Right. And yeah, he was a good-looking man. Um, but it's just funny to me that like listen exposure is exposure especially if you're trying like for justice you know anything yeah. is good but it is really kind of cringe to me that like a bunch of people were like he's hot let's <laughs> let's let's bring him justice dude i what if i'm ugly and like i go to jail i'm fucked you're fucked <laughs> like that's just the reality of criminal justice in america oh my god it's, it's a reality of the of, of pretty privilege really oh That's yeah i mean we could talk about that all day but you know yeah. they have proven that confidence makes a very big deal and so you you could be the ugliest fucking right. person objectively i mean i wouldn't know about that at all but <laughs> no not at all not at all the skin is glowing the teeth are white. Uh, that's Perfect. all you need, really. But no, but yes, uh, pretty privilege is a real thing. But well, that's not the topic of the video. But anyway, this became <laughs> popular because this guy was hot. And um, and I, I guess I'm glad it became popular because it brought it to my attention. And now we're talking about it. And right. it is a case I am, dare I say, like somewhat passionate about. Like, mm. actually, because, dude, the, the way it was handled, insane to me. Uh, granted, this was 1996 that this trial took place, but uh, took place, but that isn't even that long ago. Mm -hmm. um, 
and so I'm I'm just shook people were so as they were. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I already have things to say just based off of that statement right. alone because it's just fucking crazy. Um, so do you want me to start with the history? Yeah, give okay. some background. All right, so we're going to give some background. Um, this is just baseline overview. Um, so it's two brothers, Lyle and Eric Menendez. Lyle's the older brother. He was born in 1968 at the time of the crimes. He was 21. And he was 19 at the time of the crime. Um, and they were young kids. Yeah. Um, that's just sad. I think it's sad when young people do that. But we're going to talk about why they did that, right? So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so basically, they were from a really wealthy family. Um, their mm -hmm. father, Jose, he was born in Cuba and he moved to the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, at the age of 16. He, you know, he made a lot of money. That's really the biggest takeaway from what I researched is this guy was rich. He found his wife, Kitty. They got married in college and... He was a Hollywood person. He was yeah. like in the music industry and then film industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where he got his money. Yeah, so he was he was a corporate executive in Beverly Hills and he liked to show off his money. Um, he taught... he. He treated his children like they were an asset, kind yes, of. Yes, yes. Like a representation of him. You know, they're the hot young versions. And you need to be perfect. You need to be exactly what I want you to be. Right, you um, need to have all the skill. Like, these kids were in so many extracurriculars. And also, mm -hmm. like, were being basically, like, worked to the bone all the time. And they right. didn't really have a lot of a childhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you need to be this perfect representation of, like, how wealthy and how successful we are. Like, mm -hmm. that is your that is your job as the kid. Um and lyle got into princeton university um mm -hmm. this is apparently um jose paid princeton fifty thousand dollars i heard about this in. yeah i believe um that. i mean can you believe now we're in a time where you can actually get in trouble for that <laughs> um he was um suspended for a year after being accused of plagiarism so uh, the boys are back home basically mm -hmm. um they're at home and then we come to the evening of 1989, August 20th, when they do kill their parents. So yes, there's no like we're not here to say they didn't like. No, they and, did. and we won't get into the reasoning <laughs> until they get into the reasoning, which doesn't happen until the trial. Right. So as far as we know right now, these kids are fucking psychopaths. Right. They're spoiled. They did it for trust money. They spent all the money afterwards. I mean, that's where my mind would go at right. first. That's where your mind's supposed to go, and I think that's the way the trial painted it to go, at mm -hmm. least the one that eventually convicted them. Well, at least them. the prosecutor. Well, yeah, right. have, definitely. And so that's what you're supposed to know, right? You got this, like, spoiled rich kids. Um, yeah, and then they murder their parents one night with a fucking, what, shotgun? 12 gauge shotgun Bruh. and i'll just explain how this happened so the yeah. parents were sitting on the couch watching tv um kids walk in with shotguns shoot dad in the back of the head he's dead <laughs> immediately um you can't survive that um yeah. <laughs> kitty who was apparently asleep she awoke from the shots and got up mm -hmm. she was shot in the leg and she fell into her own blood and then she was shot several more times with the shotgun in the arm, chest, and face. And she was not recognizable. Okay, so so pause. You cannot survive a shotgun to the head. But it is insane to me that some people do survive, like, small bullets to the head. Mm. Because of, like, the fucking Phineas Gage effect. Where, like, you know, this mm -hmm. guy fucking thing went through his head and he was fine. Because it hit a part of the brain that wasn't, like, fatal. Mm -hmm. But, like, his personality changed. It is crazy to me that, like, some people legit survive, like bullet brain injuries because it just like goes straight through and like it doesn't hit something that kills you and so you survive 
Well, that's yeah. fucking crazy. It's also it's also just crazy in the sense of like some people exist with half a brain, and I don't mean like Republicans <laughs> because we all know about that. Um, I mean like right, literally. If literally. you have half your brain die, the other brain, the, the other half will pick up the pieces I of know. what that did. Like that's crazy. Like we are just organic little machines, I know. and we do, we just take it for granted. You know. Kudos to the brain, dude. Right. Like fucking thank you. She's a tiny little ball of meat. And she's doing her best, <laughs> and that's beautiful. Anyway. So I, it's also worth noting um, both the parents were shot in the kneecaps because they were attempting to make it look like like a like a mafia, mob, job. mafia <laughs> killing. And you know what? Kudos to them for coming up with some type of right, idea. Right. Um, yeah. So basically, Lyle calls nine one one and he tells the operator someone killed my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they, their alibi is that they were at the movie theater watching Batman, um, and then they went to attend the annual Taste of LA Festival at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium. Which is really fitting, though, isn't it? That they were watching Batman, you know, the guy whose parents get killed. Oh, (laughs) and he's a vigilante. I know. So there's that. Um, the police did not take gunshot residue tests from them to see if they had a firearm because there wasn't really... You know, any type of evidence or any reason to do that. So they just didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so parents are dead. Which, they... I mean, you're, this is obviously sarcasm because like, what the fuck? Like the way they <laughs> handled the crime scene was fucking negligent. And it was negligent as far as from what I understand because the police were like, oh, well, definitely mafia killing because like these two rich boys, they they didn't even take, um, yeah, like like fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're like, oh, rich boys, rich white boys, no way. Right, like they would never. Yeah, the like, crime scene was completely mishandled because they were like there's not a lot to see here like what are we gonna gather like whatever mm-hmm. if it was mafia like they wouldn't leave fingerprints anyway so you know what uh let's move on and then mm-hmm. they they did the investigation only like internally like at, like in an office with paperwork and but not they didn't take a lot from the scene of the crime which is dumb as shit i mean that's just like can we talk about privilege for a minute because like that like <laughs> but also just bad police work to be it's honest bad police work it's it's stupid it's it's entirely stupid and they didn't even develop any suspicions really until you know they're spending all this money all willy-nilly until the the brothers started spending a lot of money after the funeral and also acted weird at the funeral and also after the fact that like the police weren't getting any leads with the information right. that they had and like the mafia was like because like the police can talk to them. like you know they have their ways they're mm. like we didn't do that yeah <laughs> yeah so I mean, that's kind of the gist. The, the the way this comes about, and you have to realize, I'm like talking about the very sensitized, edited version of this because yes. that's how it was presented. Right. Like that is what everyone. Yeah, 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 told. totally. Um, we're going chronologically here. We're mm-hmm. we're finding out. You're finding out about this the way people found out about that about right. this at the time. To kind of understand where they're coming from. Right. So, Eric was seeing um, his psychologist, and. He did tell his psychologist um, that he killed his parents, but he threatened his psychologist. And so therefore it was evidence they could use because when you violate that patient privilege. Um, right. However, it is of course later argued mm-hmm. that this is a complete lie and the psychologist mm-hmm. was never threatened. And he just mm-hmm. lied about that and said that so that he could uh, release this to the police because there was some kind of monetary gain mm-hmm. for him in it. Um, 
And also important to know that before, um, you said Eric or Lyle? Eric. It was Eric. Before Eric went to the psychologist because, like, he was basically riddled with guilt at this point and couldn't keep up the act the way that Lyle could. Mm. I guess he was a little bit better. Um, he had uh, already talked to, tried to confess to a friend of his, like, mm. at lunch. <laughs> Girl, imagine if just now when we went to sandwiches, I was like, yeah, yeah I killed someone. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, how do you, like, a poor friend, how do you take that? <laughs> um, but apparently he, like, the day later retracted that because mm-hmm. like you know like obviously he got freaked out and right. the friend but the friend already was like what the fuck so mm-hmm. was he telling the truth or not but the friend didn't didn't do anything about that it was finally the the, psych, the psychologist tim eric did confess confess to the psychologist but lyle threatened the psychologist. oh okay okay okay, okay. um and so that's kind of how that happened. You know, the doctor, his name's Dr. Ozeal. He yeah. was the main star witness or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, that's what happened. So do you want to talk about, or just kind of like lead us into it. We can both talk about the into motive. Into the, the motive. Right. Yeah, for, for the trial. So, um, yes. So basically, at this point, so I'll add one more thing. The funeral happens and then a couple, like six months have gone by after the death and no leads and the police only get onto these kids because um like uh because they were spending so much money especially lyle he was like going on these shopping sprees um and like buying rolexes and really expensive suits and whatnot uh which is super odd uh they started days after the funeral which is super odd of like your parents just died and yeah. you're grieving but like we then later come to find out like that's how he grieved <laughs> like that's just, <laughs> it's just people grieve in different ways and like if you have money you know why not use that to try to numb yourself especially if you're trying to cover up the guilt of killing your parents right um but yeah it's it's weird because like when they finally um arrested them like uh what was it lyle was actually visiting the u.s from israel because soon Mm -hmm. after the death he went there for like months to practice his tennis because he was really good and like during that visit the police had already caught into the fact that maybe the brothers did it and so they like got him at the airport because they knew if he flew back to israel after his visit to extradite him it was going to be a fucking mess Mm -hmm. and as far as eric he was like still beverly hills i think and they just got him but anyway they arrest these kids and uh put him in jail and the prep for the trial starts so their defense oh my god i forget this lady's name um leslie abramson um she was the defense uh she was really good i have a lot of thoughts about that i don't know if we'll be able to get into all of it but i thought she did her best and etc etc god bless her heart the prosecution um they basically argued that the kids We'll, we'll call them the the men the, the the Lyle and Eric were trying to inherit their father's wealth and they needed it now because they were just super greedy and also because they saw a window of opportunity because uh, their father's health was apparently declining and which like makes no sense because uh, why would you stage like a mafia killing instead of an accidental death or like mm-hmm. a or like a oh he died in his sleep kind of thing mm-hmm. um and basically they were like yeah they, they're trying to get his money and this was a this was a merciless killing uh from two spoiled rich brats who just wanted um daddy's fortune and also they hated their parents so that um is the prosecution and then the trial starts and oh my oh my um the defense actually calls 
both defendants, Lyle and Eric, to testify. And actually, I should point out that Lyle and Eric had separate um, trials. Um, so they were happening at the same time, but different courtrooms, different people, different juries. Mm-hmm. And um, they were both called to testify, which isn't super common for defendants to testify on their own case. But they did, and I can totally see what they did, because... Lyle and Eric finally came out with a lot of information to their defense attorney once they were going to be tried because like at this point girl it's the truth or bust and so they told her everything and what they told her and what they testified about in court in court was that their father was actually a pedophile and an abuser and had abused them for years basically from like age 6 to like now um, Eric being 19 and still living at home and for Lyle he was now in college but like he was also abused until the age of like 18 and he was 21 now um, and that their mom was an enabler of said abuse mm-hmm. and that she basically let it happen and to me that's all I mean like this dad fucked up but to me that's almost the creepiest part that like the mom knew and like let it happen because she was um, a drug abuser and also an alcoholic and I guess she was trying to cope and also somehow keep her marriage together and so she figured like oh I'll let him have his fun with our kids which dude well, fucking also, fucked she has this rich lifestyle she's used to it that it, it all comes down to like how much I don't want to lose with, and she's a fucking bitch right because if you divorce like you you know you yeah, lose a, yeah. You, you lose all of that you also oh get a really God. fucked up reputation you I know, know dude you... but like dude your kids literally mean anything and everything they you, should like they what absolutely the should. fuck but this bitch was she was awful like, of course of course of course witnesses um uh you know defending the parents honor and working for, with the persecution were like no fucking way in hell like um kitty was the the mom's name kitty uh menendez she would have never done that hmm. she would have never enabled anything there is no way that she ever abused her kids or anything um but you have to realize in every single sexual assault case, there is always going to be that person that they call who they're like, no, they would never do that because Obvious, there are those obviously. people. They just don't believe it. And it's like, you have to have your head so deeply buried in the sand to ignore someone's pain from a sexual assault because you don't want your image of them to be ruined. And this is why I believe what you're saying, Shannon, because the, the person who was saying that the loudest was Kitty's brother. And mm-hmm. like, of course, you're not going to be like, yeah, my sister was a fucking monster. Right. You're not going to want to say that even if it's true. And for Jose, actually, this was kind of funny. For Jose, they actually couldn't really find any witnesses that were uh, that were willing to testify on his good, like, no, oh, you know, on his good character. Yeah. Because even his employees, which, you know, you know, they're not family members. They don't know him as an abuser. They're just the employees. They were like, yeah, he was an asshole. He oh, was an asshole boss. Yeah. And he would, like, he, there was, like, one person that was like, yeah, I was, like, under him. And I supervised one of his branches. I was under Jose. And one time he came into one, like, he would come into one of my branches into the branch every month and like someone would be fired by the end of the day Mm. by him that's crazy like that's so fucked so he created a toxic work environment he created a toxic living environment he Uh, needed to be in charge he needed to be the most powerful right right he needed to make them feel weak basically yeah yeah yeah. he was fucked in the head i don't really find justification for it there's a lot of people that have said a lot a number of things like oh he himself suffered um abuse in his childhood and also like being an immigrant and having to leave home so uh young and alone and broke and it's like dude iggy azalea was 15 in the middle of miami fucking 
you know, grinding it, like, trying to make it happen. She didn't become a monster as far as we know. <laughs> um, all I'm saying is, like, no. No you, justification. No, Fuck there's that. no justification at all. There just isn't. Dude, this motherfucker diddled his kids for 15 years or what, what do you want? Can you imagine? 12 years, like... I don't think you understand. Like, think about, like, your entire childhood being in fear of the next time dad's going to come into your room. Literally. And touch you. Literally. That's not what a parent is supposed to do. Uh-huh. Um, probably should have had trigger warning for this episode. <laughs> yeah, trigger warning. Um, everything is terrible in this yeah, episode. everything is fucking terrible because this is not okay. And it, it really affects, you know, a lot of the brain, the brain functioning. With your young child being an abused situation, you aren't okay. And so, of course, you're going to snap. Like, that's just reality. Like, if you live your life in fear, then everything is fearful. And, of course, you're going to respond in ways like fear. It's fight, flee, or what it's, is it? Yeah, it's, it's fight, flee flight freeze or fawn which apparently is like the fourth uh weird response that i just learned right with people that are like super people pleasers and they'll just like you know bow their head yeah. and be like yeah whatever you want like just that's and, another and response. they didn't think they could flee that's another thing. right their dad right. was rich and powerful no flight there is no flight so so th- here we get into um how the defense actually paints their the reasoning behind the murders right so we have the prosecution's motive which is that they were spoiled and rich and wanted the money and were you know they didn't have any um heart so they had no problem killing their parents then there is the defense's explanation which is no their dad was a pedophile their mom an enabler of the abuse and they were at this point 18 and no 19 and 21 and uh okay so Eric is 19, still living at home, or just turned 19, looking forward to going to college. Um, his dad tells him, you have to go to a college that is nearby so you can still come on the weekends. And he's like, fuck. And so he fucking hates this. Eric comes to visit for a couple of weeks. Uh, sorry, Lyle yeah. comes to visit for a couple of weeks. He's in like, I think, oh, college in the East Coast or something. Uh, he comes to visit and Eric confides in him everything that has happened to him and also the fact that their dad now wants him to not leave far for college which eric was looking forward to moving the fuck the far away you know Mm -hmm. um and lyle is like motherfucker like i this is so sad but lyle was like i didn't know that our dad was abusing you too he basically promised which is he basically promised me that he was gonna stop with me and not do that to you can you believe like having to make that deal with your dad like holy fuck that is horrible and (laughs) forget the fact that this is so dysfunctional and fucked up just in general like someone you know um not honoring a deal man fuck you bitches don't do that (laughs) that's dishonorable (laughs) and then you know add to it the fact that this is a deal with satan and Mm -hmm. the fact that like you're talking about raping and your sibling and like Mm -hmm. i mean come on um anyway deal was broken and lyle confronted his father and his father then confronted eric and was like what you told lyle apparently like the dad was which i guess makes sense age-wise like um less willing to like get all up in lyle's face because he was like older now and like mm-hmm. living on his own and like a, a you know a whole man then get and he, he was he had a much easier time getting all up in in eric's face and intimidating him right. also because he still lived at home I think. yeah for sure and so he really took it out on eric and was like what the fuck you told him blah blah blah, blah. um and eric at that point because um, his, his dad was like you know what i'll talk to you later eric at that point was like sure that his dad when 
quote unquote later came was basically gonna murder him because mm-hmm. <laughs> because Eric thought that his dad was thinking that if Eric told Lyle what you know Eric is gonna tell people now the press who knows mm-hmm. and his dad was gonna freak out and fleeing certainly wasn't an option because his dad had so many connections being a rich corporate executive that if you know this this guy went to like hide on a motel six like his dad would find a way to find him so fleeing wasn't an option um it's literally gonna be my life or his like Mm -hmm. oh my god my dad is gonna kill me tonight i can't flee it's either like dude your lizard brain just like fucking goes overdrive right in these kinds of situations it's literally like flight or die now well think <laughs> like, about the anxiety that you would be having in that situation how difficult it is to think clearly on right. top of just being like an abused person right and also yeah like your brain is going to be so clouded because like yeah even if you weren't so abused and didn't feel like you were so much under your your father's thumb maybe you would actually feel like you could flee and be successful fleeing uh-huh. you know what i mean which i think he could have but again he was so like no matter what my dad is omnipresent like, that's probably how he thought. Right. Well, because that's what he was made to believe. Dad's in control. Dad's in control of my money. I have to right. do this for dad. He, he has a radar in his head. He'll right. find me. Yeah. Like. Um, and also, people have snapped and tried to kill their family over less serious <laughs> things. Like, I, I, how can you say that it was irrational to shoot them? Like, right. it's, it's like, yeah, okay, shotguns are pretty grisly. But, like, it gets the job done. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's not like they, like, decapitated them. Like, they... They also literally had, like, I think an hour to plan this. Mm. I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Apparently, they bought weapons, like, um, weeks in advance, which uh, really helped the prosecution be like, this was Mm. premeditated murder. But, oh, my God, fuck. There was, like, some reason behind this. Or, I don't know. Oh my god, I should know this, but I don't know. But the point is that Eric and Lyle both argued really strongly during their um, during their time as witnesses on the, on the stand that, like, no, I think, what was it? Like, oh, these were for shooting range or self-defense of some other kind or nothing to do with the murders that took place. And they were like, when we actually decided to like, use these against our parents, correct me if I'm wrong, Shannon, if you find something, mm-hmm. um... That plan itself actually was made in, like, an hour tops. Because, like, we were literally sitting on the staircase of our house as our dad and mom went into a room to watch a movie after, you know, dad had told Eric, you know, I'll see you later or whatever. And we were, like, and, and, and Eric told Lyle, this is what dad just told me. And Lyle actually also, you know, like, I think helped influence this. And Eric said, it was like, oh, my God, like, we're in danger. Because, of course, Eric was, uh, Lyle was also traumatized. So, of course, he was also thinking, like, fuck. You know, even if I'm, a, like, a man now and I live outside of that. Like, I'm still afraid of my dad, obviously. And so he also thought they were both going to be killed now. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, I, like, yes, you can be like, oh, it's the, the guy's fault. It's it's both of the brothers' fault. They really got all up in their heads and, and you know, that's irrational. And But it's like, dude, again, you haven't lived their lives. Like, mm-hmm. it's not irrational to them at all to think that they were going to be killed. Like, I think at some point on the stand, Eric talks about how one of the times when his dad was abusing him, he got really rough and almost choked him. Like, dude, mm. there's there's so many details that a lot of them we probably won't even get to touch on that, that were part of the abuse that would make you think, you know what, maybe this is the time he kills me. Like, mm-hmm. and I think, I think also, I think Lyle testified that his you know later in the years of abuse his dad had told them that he if he ever told someone he'd kill him so i mean and even if that was hyperbolic your brain is so in fear right you're gonna take that 
literally. literally. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also read that Kitty apparently threatened to poison her own family. Um, I didn't know that. So I guess she told her kids she hated them. Um, so whenever her husband would molest the oldest son, Eric, he would like throw up. Like you mean Lyle? Oh, was it, oh not the oldest, but oh, the youngest, Eric. Yeah. He's the younger one. Yeah. So he would like throw up, and she would just ignore it and not do anything. And she would apparently check his genitals to like make sure everything was on the up and up and stuff. Like just weird stuff that makes it right, right. Like the enabling wasn't like I'm just gonna sit back and ignore this and pretend like it's not happening. Right. She knew what was happening, and she was a terrible person. Um. So yeah, and it's like, I mean, we probably won't touch on. The extensive details of it but i did read that um kitty so eric said that his mom had told him on repeated occasions that she wished she hadn't had children because her life was basically ruined because of that and she could mm -hmm. no longer pursue her career and oh, dreams and etc etc yeah. and this is the thing like kitty had a lot of well, yeah, Jose had none. Kitty had a lot of people, like, you know, talk about her good character or whatnot. But, like, there are so many, like, little things. And this is what makes me think that it's real, uh, what the brothers are saying about their mom. It's the fact that it wasn't anything as egregious as the dad. Well, I mean, enabling abuse of your own children is pretty egregious. But, like, right. um, it was always, like, besides that, snarky, like, comments, but, like, really hurtful comments. Because, like... Mm -hmm. It is snarky to say, oh, I wish I never had children, but it is also, like, deeply hurtful if you're the fucking child listening to that. Mm -hmm. Like, excuse me, mom, what? You wish I was never born? Yeah. And she'd say it angrily, too, and apparently, like, she really did have these outbursts of anger where she would just be like, oh, like, oh fuck you kids, and, like, you know, throw pants or whatever the fuck. Well, I think you're right. It is, in this situation, it's it's them or us. I think that was right. their right. minds. And I think if they hadn't done this, either Eric would have killed himself or maybe his dad would have snapped and killed him. Right, it literally, like, us it, versus them. Actively, like, I feel like it was the best case scenario for them. Oh, that sounds so bad. And it does sound so bad. It well, does. here's the thing. It literally wasn't because they could have fleed, but they That's didn't true. feel like they could flee. Right. <laughs> That's they, the problem. They weren't psychologically capable like, of Like, these kids it. were so abused by their dad that their dad, sealed his own fate right because right? like he if they had this. if they had fleed like he yeah. wouldn't have died right <laughs> um but they didn't feel they didn't feel like they could do that um so what the the brothers had a cousin i can't remember her name this this girl she testified in court uh during the first uh i think it was either both or just eric's trial and she was like yeah i knew kitty and i stayed with them when i was like 13 i stayed at their house for like the summer and i would see that the brothers would be called by their dad to come into the room this room like the master bedroom every day at like 3 p.m and kitty would uh, always tell me like not go in there while that's happening because they're having like father son time or whatever which girl oh my god to call it that like so creepy kitty fucking fuck yourself um and um and like one time she got a little bit too close to that door as she was walking down the hallway, the cousin did. And Kitty just like grabbed her and like took her to the kitchen and just like, you know, sat her yeah, there. That's, yeah. And it's like, I mean, like, and again, I think it's just because this woman was so, like the father is like literally Satan, but I mm -hmm. think he gets too, too, too much attention. Like literally this couldn't have continued if Kitty had just gone to the police. Because, like, yes, rich, rich and everything. But, like, there is no fucking way, no matter how rich you are, that, like, if this 
got into like the public stream and like people were aware of this this wouldn't have become a huge fucking scandal and it would have stopped mm -hmm. like there's no way she could have protected her kids right. there, like there's just no excuse there was right. a way to do it there was a way and and so i just don't think she gets enough attention because even if she never like diddled her kids like dude what the fuck yeah <laughs> like so anyway um the trials both take place the brothers um, both recount in horrific detail in live TV uh -huh. <laughs> on national television, which, by the way, this case back in 1996 was kind of the birth of court TV, which uh -huh. now is like huge, it's its own industry. Um, yeah, they recount in horrific detail in live national television um, how their father abused him for years on end. And um, I mean, yeah, everything. Okay, we won't get into detail, but like literally anything you can think of, there was um, obviously the sexual abuse, but also emotional, yeah, otherwise physical and also verbal abuse. And um, they cried a lot on the stand. Like you could almost see them regressing to like their childlike state. Like they were, they were bawling their eyes out and they sounded like little kids when they were recounting these events. Because like, I am sure like the trauma just takes you back to that moment and you're like literally six years old again. This is fucked. I mean, if you watch it, cause you can watch it. On yeah, yeah, you can it, watch it. It's devastating. Yeah. And I really don't know how anyone could think that they were faking that. Like I don't. I know, I know. You have to like not have any heart or any rational thinking to believe that someone could be that talented because even like the best psychopath, the I best know. actor couldn't Meryl Streep was shaking watching that, okay? <laughs> right. Like that's... There was, was one. Crazy. There was one jury member on uh, Lyle's trial who was uh, um, afterwards interviewed after the there was a oh surprise hung jury, mm -hmm. and it was like yeah hung jury and whatever. But like personally, I um, I con I contributed to the to the no's to the not guilty because I was like this kid is either a psychopath or the best actor ever, mm -hmm. right? Like oh, no, I, it was what was it? No, sorry, <laughs> no, 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 this, neither of those were good. It was this either. He's telling the truth, or he's the best actor ever. Right. Um, and I completely agree. So. So hung. Hung, hung, jury. hung jury for yeah. both trials, both individual trials, uh, and so the the public again. This is the thing we're talking about. This like in, you know in this way now, and a lot of people agree with the way we think about this now. But in 1996, people were outraged at, at the fact that there was a hung jury. Because it's like, what? Two killers on the loose? And like, sexual abuse and mental health wasn't hip in 1996, right? I think people were still like, coked up from the 80s. And mm -hmm. so, it wasn't a thing. Um, and there was basically just in the general American zeitgeist, just a lot less empathy for victims of abuse. Mainly because, well, boys can't be raped. What? That's mm -hmm. stupid. And also, like... Oh, what? No, their dad would never do that. He's mm -hmm. what he that would mean he's gay, which I love that like that was the biggest. Not the fact that he's a pedophile, but like that would make him gay and gay people don't exist. Like oh some stupid fucking shit. Like yeah. he she, he has a wife. Uh and it's like, dude, he wasn't gay. <laughs> like he was a pedophile right. and like 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 the gender of 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 the child almost does not matter when you're a pedophile like i think it really is all just by the age and like the fact that this was confounding people like oh but that would mean he's gay so therefore he didn't do it is to oh me just God. like astounding right just the amount of ignorance and the ability for people to turn the other cheek on issues that are so so serious right 
It's just so right. ridiculous. Yeah, Jose was straight, so I would have believed that if he abused his daughters, but oh my his God. sons, so crazy. no way. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 yeah, and the whole, like, oh, boys can be abused. I mean, come on, dude. Anyway, so that happens. People are outraged because they think this is all stupid about the abuse. Basically, the general public is kind of not buying it. And they want justice uh, for these uh, rich parents from Beverly Hills. And they they have, they retry the cases. This time, they try the brothers together. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but the judge... Um, uh, takes away the defense's ability to include a lot of the sexual abuse like bullet points that they touched on in the original trial that almost got you know a favorable result mm -hmm. because hung is better than sentenced right. um and they the judge i think because the judge was under a lot of pressure to also get this like resolution mm -hmm. right and get them guilty he basically manipulated the system you know judges being kind of um omnipotent word, yeah. in a courtroom uh was like you can't i'm not gonna allow a lot of the defenses uh sexual abuse claims and and um evidence whatnot and also um what was it and also this will not be televised which i think actually that might have been a good idea uh this one will not be televised because like too much fucking media attention and too much too much shit right uh, but also um what was it? Oh, I will not allow the jury to go for manslaughter charges. They either do death penalty or not guilty, which you're literally rigging yeah, the jury at that point. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, they're obviously not, like, most likely not gonna wanna, like, if they, like, if the first juries of the first two trials right like didn't go for the death penalty they would have mo if they agreed if there wasn't a hung jury they would have most likely gone for manslaughter which would allow for um uh for them to appeal no what was it parole which would allow mm -hmm. for parole and also wouldn't be a, a life sentence um mm -hmm. uh, but here since the judge knew that and he thought like oh that won't be enough for the public mm -hmm. to be happy he was like no you either set them free which there's no way the jury was gonna no, do that yeah. i mean i wouldn't do that even now because like they still killed someone even mm -hmm. with all this justification or you put them to or or, or you put them to to death um and so obviously they chose the latter, but then they were like, no, actually, I will allow life in prison. It was either that or it was actually free versus life in prison all along. I don't remember how it was. But the point is that the judge only gave the jury the ability to choose between this, like, duality of black and white. And, of course, they chose black because the brothers still killed someone. And if you're a jury member, you want to feel like you inflicted justice. Well, so. there's so many issues with this because if you throw out all the testimony about the sexual abuse, you're removing motive. And so, I mean, all, literally, <laughs> all they had, the, all the jury heard was the motive was, I want money now. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you hear that, you're going to see them a certain way. It was a different jury. They didn't, right, they right. didn't get the same right. thing. Um, and it's really unfortunate. And I, I think today the case would have gone a lot differently. And I don't think that they, deserved life in prison because you have to realize and a lot of people don't see it this way like you're talking about like black and white viewpoints just because they killed their parents doesn't mean they are these crazy psychopaths who you're unleashing on the streets right they killed their parents those for are very family specific members for a very specific reason right. they're not gonna go like shooting and i know random places like that's not 
It's not reasonable. What they really needed was mental health support <laughs> in a fucking and, institution. And if at this point you still want to inflict some punishment because they still committed murder no matter what, okay, manslaughter charges. Again, right. because, like, yes, murder, but also this murder took place after years of abuse, which, frankly to me, is almost fucking worse. You're already, like, yeah. dude, it's just, it's just so fucked. Like, I mean, like, I mean, I guess I won't say it's worse because whatever, but, like, I feel like part of you dies, dude. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Your entire life, you're trained to believe that you are absolutely worthless and only good for being a pleasure object for your father. That's dude. disgusting. You don't have a life. You don't have an identity. They literally had no chance. Right. So it's like, they could have tortured their... <laughs> I'm not going to get into this. <laughs> right. At least it was quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and so I think today they would have gotten manslaughter which would have allowed for parole after i don't know a couple of decades which i think is where they are at now they've done like 23 24 years of prison and um and frankly i think that would have been fine again if 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 everything that happened with them with the with with the abuse is true which personally i believe but of course of course there's the alternative reality which we must mention where they are psychopaths and they were lying and it was all a defense um technique um, if they were psychopaths, wouldn't there have been a lot more psychological premise to that? Wouldn't there have been... I mean, I certainly think so. Yeah. But... And, I mean, we didn't talk about Daddy, who... So, the family had a pet... A oh. pet ferret. A pet ferret. And I, there was a family member who testified about this. It may have been a cousin or something. Uh -huh. She said that they she always saw the ferret around, and then one day it just wasn't there. So she asked what happened to it, and they said, we think one of the dogs killed it. And one of the sons goes and opens up the fridge one day, and the dog's head is decapitated in the fridge. The dog or the ferret? The dog. <gasps> because I guess Jose thought, the dog killed the ferret, I'm going to kill the dog. Oh my god. And so he was a psychopath. He was a psychopath. <laughs> well, obviously. He was absolutely yeah. horrible. And so it's just like, the, it, even... In death, he still won. Like, his kids are still in prison. That is what I meant with the, like, they almost got the better end of the deal even if murder did take place because these motherfuckers were fucking horrid. Again, assuming mm -hmm. all of this is true, which if you ask me, it was. Um, fuck 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 and again for me the, the thing that really seals the deal as far as thinking this is true is their own testimonies mm -hmm. on the stand like these two guys these two young men are like bawling their eyes out mm -hmm. uh, recounting in horrific detail what happened to them and the detail is one so like um gross and specific and unique that it's like I mean, you're either J.K. Rowling or this happened to you. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and, and Lyle testified on stand that he did the same to his yeah, brother. Yeah, to his brother. He admitted it because... Which, like, why would you make yourself look bad unless right. it was actually true? And it was just, that's, you know... And he was asked about he, it and he had to tell the truth. Right, right. And, he, and they, you know, got... He understood why it had happened, basically. So right. it's like, this was just the patterning. Eric um, under, Eric forgave his brother yeah. for like taking taking him out to the, the woods. woods like a couple of times and basically like putting a finger up his butt because because like Lyle was just trying to I think process the trauma of what was being done to him and like mm -hmm. he was like a child he was like less than ten at this point mm -hmm. they were kids yeah and like dude and Eric like forgave him for that and yeah. like they're 
they love each other as brothers still now to this point. Um, I should mention, when they were sentenced to life in prison, they were sentenced to go to like different prisons and they didn't see each other for like 22 years. So and crazy. It, and it was actually, I checked, it was only in 2018 that they were finally put together in the same prison and then eventually a couple months later in the same room and um, they like were finally reunited and they like, you know, bawled their eyes out when they finally reunited because they were really close as brothers and I'm sure the trauma, you know, made them be even closer as it was taking place when they were children because like they are all that the other person had like the only that they were the only person the other person could confide in because like you you couldn't tell this to anyone else no um uh yeah again like lyle i guess because they, they were both being abused as children and i think they both knew about the other person's abuse but lyle thought when he left home that like that died with him and it didn't anyway um, I think it just goes to show that, like, the criminal justice system is flawed in so many more ways than we constantly talk about, you know? And it's, like, it's not about what they deserve. It's about what, you know, someone else decides for them. Basically. Because what they deserve is, you know, mental health treatment. Not to have right. this happen in the right. first place. It, 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 they aren't a danger to society at large. Right. Like, they got rid of the one danger to them. Basically. And that sucks. And they're, like, basically, like, uh, gold star inmates. Like... Yeah. Right. Which, like, I totally thought that would be the case. Because, like, again, they're not, like, dangerous people. They just, like, killed these people that basically, like, killed their, their fucking soul in the first place. Like, it was just, yeah. like, an eye for an eye situation. Not a, I'm a criminal and I like killing people thing. Well, the other thing we didn't talk about is the prosecution like to play up, you know, you shot your mom so many more times, you must be a sick psychopath. It's like, right. they right, probably right, shot right, her right. more times because it's almost like, worse I thought you had by. my back. Exactly. <laughs> you fucking bitch. Like, at least with their dad, it's pure evil. With right, her, it's right. it's like, you could have helped. I know, that almost hurts more, dude. It does. That's exactly what I was, like, bringing up things about Katie earlier because I was like no one pays attention to her a, a lot yeah um but okay a couple of silver linings for this case um the again they're good inmates they they get um they're also now they're reunited and they are both in like a uh, part of their prison where like it's like nicer and you can only go there if you're like a good inmate that doesn't cause trouble so like that's good and they're like giving uh like self-help seminars in prison so like they're making themselves useful and finding purpose i recently saw an interview a phone interview that eric did with like uh 60 minutes or something mm. and he was talking about he finds purpose and doing shit in prison and keeping himself occupied and helping others so that's mm -hmm. great yeah. and also they both uh got married um lyle got actually married twice because the first time he was already in prison and divorced because apparently the woman found out that he was cheating on her with another from prison he was apparently cheating on her with another woman i'm guessing through letters and whatnot yeah. uh which honestly i understand her yeah no, <laughs> i totally understand yeah that was bad of lyle to do um so they divorced and then he remarried and eric has been married to this lady um for like years now i don't know at least 10 12 years i didn't read too much into that but they do have partners and they visit them in prison whenever they can and they write letters and they can like hug and kiss for like a couple of minutes when they're like saying goodbye i think mm -hmm. at like the table the visitation room and i mean that's great but like what will be truly great i think is full justice for these two because mm -hmm. again they didn't deserve life in prison. No, they didn't. Straight up. 
may I say something not controversial and not brave? <laughs> they didn't deserve life in prison. No, <laughs> like that shouldn't didn't. be controversial. It's it's not because how can you say you deserve life in prison for being abused your entire life? Literally. And snapping. And, and, and snapping. Yeah, that's it. You made one decision against some really terrible people who should have been in prison themselves. And here's the thing. The prosecution never denied the brothers' abuse claims. They were never like, they must be lying, everyone. Mm -hmm. They were saying, even if that happened, it wasn't that bad. And you just wanted uh... the money. And that tells you a lot. Because they knew their testimonies were going to be so impactful. The prosecution couldn't literally just be like, mm -hmm. we think they're lying. Right. Because the jury certainly wasn't thinking they no. were lying. And the money thing just doesn't make sense to me because they had money. They grew up with money. Right. Like, why do they want their money? Also, literally, like, why now? Like, right yeah, now. Right, right now. And yeah. we have to kill them for it. Right. And we have to make it look this fucking messy. Yeah. Like, if it really was for the money, wouldn't you think it would be way more planned? Yeah. Because it's, it's not like, oh, my dad's running out of money tomorrow. We have to kill him right now, this hour. Right. Like, that, what? No. <laughs> um, guys. It's just so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. So... Anyway, this case is getting a lot of attention nowadays. If you guys want to learn more about this case, just look up the Menendez brothers case. Um, I'm not sure as far as, I mean, there's a lot you can do as far as like activism and getting the word out. But as far as like the actual legal process of having them like allowed to request parole or like for them to be able to appeal their case again so many years later, I don't know how that actually gets done. Mm -hmm. But I think getting the word out can only help with that. Right. So educate yourself if you're interested in the case um and fuck them bitches dude like fuck them bitches. people fucking suck they do and i think you know also if you want to educate yourself sexual assault all that stuff you know we need to stop blaming victims we need to stop I know. stigmatizing you think them. in 2021 that wouldn't happen anymore and like it yes happens. we are like we are bounce and leaves from where we were in 1996 but mm -hmm. like it happens right right and i don't think a lot of people realize it's really hard to get a conviction in our current justice system for these types of sex right. assault cases because oftentimes he said she said and who's on the jury people who aren't informed people who are right. biased people who you know, right. like it's 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 incredibly difficult and it's incredibly sad. Like even the process itself of selecting a jury, like the fact it's like like both parties, right, being the defense and the prosecution, both want to get their hands on that because they both want like their respective end of the table to win right. and so like jury selection is often fucking messy because like you're trying to play to people's biases and therefore selecting people that you think will either help you or not help you get a conviction depending on if you are on defense mm -hmm. or prosecution and like so you don't actually like, um a jury of your peers it's not really a jury of your peers it's like a jury of carefully selected people uh, half of whom are trying to like, fuck you over <laughs> yeah. given their own personal biases and half of whom will likely believe you and want to help you like yeah. it's literally terrible. Well, this is <laughs> anyway. Um, on that note, welcome. <laughs> Enjoy your stay. Great times. On that note, guys, um, thank you for listening to this very special edition of Scary Talk. Very special edition. Um, I want you all to know that the Mothman is still my friend. Yes. We talk to each other daily. Yes, I heard. Um, yeah, I saw you guys' WhatsApp conversations. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are such a stalker. Wow. 
um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you guys, you know, Shannon's never coming back. She's literally retiring at the, this moment. Right. She's turning 65. Girl yeah. needs to rest. No, I'm tired. But <laughs> but Sunny and I will be back very soon. And if you guys, um, you as you guys know, we only have a couple episodes left. If you have any topic ideas that you'd like us to consider now that we're kind of in our end game for us to cover, do let us know by DMing us at TalkScary on uh, Facebook and, sorry, on Twitter and Instagram and at Scary Talk on Facebook. And um, yeah, we love reading your comments and suggestions. And um, we're going to go. We're going to go move to Canada. Uh, Good night, y'all. The Mothman loves you. We love you. And uh, have a good retirement, Shannon. Oh, thank you. Thanks. And don't eat any dinner um, tonight before bed. I know that's the thing you do. I know, dude. I get so fucking gassy. Anyway, (laughs) good night, y'all.